Uh, why don't you turn in your Bible. There's a Bible under the seat probably in front of you somewhere if you don't have one. Isaiah chapter 60, verse um, 1 through 4. Isaiah 60, verse 1 through 4. Okay. <clears throat> when we stand, we read the Word of God here. Um, this Get the blood flowing so you don't fall asleep quite as soon as you might. <laughs> Go to the stand as we get to Isaiah 60, starting in verse 1. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. Now think about this. Isn't this, isn't this today? See, darkness covers the earth, right? And thick darkness is over the peoples. But the Lord rises upon you, and his glory appears over you. Nations will come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your dawn. Lift up your eyes, and look about you. All assemble and come to you. you son, your sons come from afar, and your daughters are carried on the arm. And then it goes on and on like that. So, Father, I pray you just open up your word to us, that we might hear what your Spirit is saying to your church today. And God, anybody, any need here, any concern in their heart, Father, that you are here meeting and working on that right now in Jesus' name. And we'll thank you, we praise you, and everybody said, Amen. Amen. You can be seated. This, this is like a picture, really, of what, what, um, really a, what a restored nation looks like. Obviously, this is speaking specifically of Israel being restored, but restored of this picture of, of any nation that was in darkness, but the, but the, 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 the church, the, the believers, the followers of, 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 of God in an Old Testament sense, followers of Christ in a New Testament sense, um, um, where, the, where God comes upon them and, and, and His light rises upon them and causes people to take notice um, when the church is really on fire, uh, even the lost take notice. Amen? Amen. And that's what we need. Um, and as His light rises upon us, um, great things uh, can happen. I wanted to show you a six-minute uh, video clip, but I don't have time. I knew I wouldn't have time anyways. But um, come tomorrow night at 6 as we uh, talk about our Discovery Weekend stuff. Um, but... It shows uh, from the first transformation video f- just clips of the four stories in there. One is in Almolonga, Guatemala, how the, the, the community, the, the city, the town of a, what, some 20,000 people or something like that. We've talked about that before. Demonized, drunken, crime, blah, blah, blah. And then when God came to town, as the people turned their hearts, the churches started praying and fasting. Um, it's totally sw- switched. Cali, Columbia, back in the mid-90s, same thing. Church- the churches were divided, and the pastors were divided, and all this kind of stuff was going on. And it was when the pastors, actually, uh, one of the pastors was killed by his neighbor. And it caused the other pastors to realize, and this pastor was one trying to lead the way, like, we got to get together, we got to call on God, we need revival. He was the one who was killed, and the other pastors who'd been dividing and, and been arguing just realized what a, how stupid they were. Don't use my, my French, but anyways, 
But they repented and, and they began to seek God. They came together like they had never come before. And God began to move in, in Cali, Colombia and this, to, to such an extent that they, they've, um, in the video, it talks about how they had uh, an all-night prayer meeting. Uh, I think there were, the first one was 20,000 people in a, in a, in a stadium. Uh, it didn't start that way, but because of the pastors and what God began to move after this one pastor was killed, um, uh, God was moving to people's hearts and they were praying for their city. Of course, Cali, Columbia, known for the drug cartels. And if you remember on the cover of like Time magazine in the mid-90s about these drug cartel leaders be, going off in handcuffs, well, that happened just less than two weeks after their first all-night prayer meeting in Cali, Columbia that was in a stadium. Don't think that that was just, you know, good law enforcement. God came to town. And, and, and so much began to happen. All the crime came down and, and, um, and, um, uh, and Jesus came to town. I mean, they, there, there's so much more. You know, like I said last week, as dark as the devil and sin can make it, when, when we call on God and He comes, he, God makes it even more brighter than it was dark. Hallelujah. And so that's how we need to be looking at what's going on around us. Don't close your eyes with what's going on, on around us, but we need to. And, and the God wants His, his in, in this context, that, that the, 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 uh, the glory of the Lord would rise upon His church, that, that um, He might have true uh, reign here in his his church in our, our hearts and our lives, and then he can then equip us and use us for his glory and his work. Amen. In the Ephesians five fourteen, uh, it all talks about Paul's writing. It says, "This is why I said, wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you." This is like, like so much of the American church. However, I believe a lot of the American church, us included, have been waking up. Amen. And I don't know how many will, but um, and I hope you're praying for America. I handed out that thing last week, and I emailed it all to you. Uh, just that those ten points I have pray for America for ten minutes a day, um, and different things. We need to be calling on God uh, for this country. Amen. Amen. And uh, uh, this is a Caleb prayer. I've shared this before uh, at the Church Awakening conference that Westgate Chapel and Church Awakening puts on over there in Edmonds. Uh, they show that this is a prayer. It's kind of modified because it initially was in Gaelic, I think. We, we don't speak Gaelic. And so it's been kind of changed a little bit. But, but this, was, this goes back several centuries, this prayer. I mean, I, I'm not sure if it was the 1600s. It might even be older than that. But this is what they would pray. They would say, Oh, oh high king of heaven, have mercy on our land. Revive your church. Send the Holy Spirit for the sake of our children. And may, our, may your kingdom come to our nation in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. How about if you pray that with me right now? Can we just, let's, let's just all say it together. We're not going to, we're praying this, all right? So do it with me, ready? O high king of heaven, have mercy on our land. Revive your church. Send the Holy Spirit for the sake of our children. May your kingdom come to our nation in Jesus' mighty name, amen. Let that be so, Lord. Let it be so. Um, you know, the question I think we have to ask, you know, can America survive the upheaval and the chaos going on? Now, if, there, if we didn't have an open border, uh, 
before May 11th, now it's just full, full bore. Um, and just incentivizing that the drug the cartel uh, bosses are making millions and millions of dollars in human trafficking, sex trafficking, slave labor, um, uh, amongst the others, and the drugs are coming in, and our, and our government is, is complicit in all these kind of things. These are evil days. These are terrible days. The, uh, um, the lies, the intentional ruining of our economy, and these kind of things. Can America survive? I'm going to tell you, it will depend completely on how Jesus' church responds at this moment. In fact, it has always been the case. Where there have been times in the past where, where uh, there's been um, terrible times. Uh, the only way that the nation got back was uh, uh, as this one non-Christian, I think it was a sociologist, he wrote this book, I forget, I, I'll get his name eventually. Um, we talked about him, but he, um, he said, it's the revival of, revival of religion uh, in a place. That's what saved a culture that was just crumbling from in, from within, every time, and um, we have this. We could call this the three prongs of revival and awakening. Um, that the first thing is the revival and refiring of the church. I say refiring, it's literally, the fire of God, and that doesn't just come because one day God decides, well, I'm going to revive His church. No, it's because the people of God saw what was happening around them. Their heart broke for the lost and for the depravity and the wickedness going on. It says, God, it, we've had enough. We need you now. Our plans don't work. My, my talent's not enough. This, this group here, we can't trust in man. We need you right now. Forgive us for our sins and, and come. And, and God comes and does that. And as that, that happens, as the church gets revitalized, um, uh, that the evangelization of, of a generation just is natural. You can't hide what God is doing, and you don't want to. And people get saved, and then the, obviously the third thing is the transformation of the society, whether it's just in that local area or beyond, just simply depends on, how, on the extent to which God gets a hold of people's lives. Or maybe I should say the extent to which we let God get a hold of our lives. Whenever there's been a great awakening in America, it's always been preceded by really corrupt, sin-filled societies. That, uh, and when they turn back, um, cause us to turn back from, uh, to God. But the other thing, not only has it preceded, but also it's been a preparation um, for coming conflict. You know, the first great awakening happened in 1745 in the 1760s. And... Don't you think that that might have been God also moving, not just in response to the people, but, but he knew it was coming? In 1776, America needed a generation that was grounded in a, in a biblical worldview, in a biblical mindset, not a secularist or, or anything like that, if this nation was to be birthed in the way that God intended. And I believe that God had a plan for America. Um, and uh, we are not just, just happened to come. God had a plan, and he prepared this way. Uh, then think about the War of 1812, and that where Britain said, no, no, we want you back, and we said no. Well, there was a, 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 another revival-type awakening in, 19, in about 1800, 1801, 
And then, of course, the Civil War came in, in 1860, right? Is that right? There was a second Great Awakening. I think that was the prayer revival that happened. One, one businessman, his lunch hour in New York City, uh, uh, said, we need to pray, pray during lunchtime. And that, that God was moving on people's hearts. And that went from a dozen people to two dozen people to 500 people to several thousand to several, several buildings, several locations, cities all across this nation. Millions of people were praying and people were getting saved coming, coming to the Lord. And just a few years later, our nation was torn in part with the Civil War. And then we could look at also World War World War One began in, I think it was 1914. And the, the Pentecostal uh, revival that, that, that happened that we would think about um, Wales, uh, we would think about the Welsh revival, we think about Azusa Street, even really began really in the 1890s, but really, really took hold in the first uh, decade of the 1900s. And then World War I breaks out. I believe God wants to prepare us uh, that we are ready for whatever. Amen? I do. How many want to be ready for whatever? <laughs> I'd rather be ready for whatever, right? Yeah. So here's a definition to you. I want to do this. Uh, Alec Rollins, I like this definition from Church Awakening, a revival. Um, there's other ones. But number one, that revival is the overwhelming sense of God's presence. When it's here, what that means is it's the presence of God that makes a difference. Amen? Not the overwhelming presence of, of the latest celebrity preacher and his big entourage. Right or the big the big worship wonderful worship team that comes in they come in they're, they're all over the internet they're all over media they're all, you know everybody just flocking filling stadiums for them and God bless them I, I love worship I love good worship music right but revival is not that because if if that was revival then the prayer meeting would be just as full you call a prayer meeting. And you're not going to fill that stadium up or that arena. You call this, this sound, the music group comes in, you'll fill it up. And this, that's not a bad thing, but understand where we're at. So revival is the overwhelming sense of, of God's presence that falls powerfully on a Christian people. Amen. Right? You, you can't revive something that's never been alive, right? Uh, only Christians who've, who, who have known Christ, it may be gotten cold or complacent or discouraged or whatever it might be, the prodigals, he, the Spirit of God falls on you and, and brings you back, amen? It calls uh, powerfully on a Christian people who've become dead and lethargic in their spiritual lives. Welcome to the, uh, so much of the American church, I guess. And may God help us that we not be that way, Amen? We become dead and lethargic in our spiritual lives. But the point is we admit where we're at and what we aren't. Amen? Not because we're going to stay there, but that God help us. Right? And I say God help us. Amen? Amen. And what he does is that he comes reviving those elements of the Christian life that God intended to be normal for his church. We're so used to abnormal... When the normal shows up, we, we, we call it a cult, we call it demonic, or whatever it might be. And he says, no, 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 that's what I meant, you know, um, and so forth. So we have a sleepy church, kind of groggy. Uh, um, and there are, there are many forces out there trying to keep, keep the church groggy by, by keeping them, uh, you know, just don't bother me with the bad news kind of thing. 
uh, here's kind of a, keep giving you a spiritual melatonin, you know, <laughs> kind of like, um, uh, how about this line? God has everything in control. Now, that is true, but what it breeds in people is I don't have to worry about it. I don't have to do anything. I don't need to get in, involved. I don't need to carry any burden for my community or, 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 or our nation. I don't have to do that because God's in, got everything in control. I can just continue in my little life and make sure I'm comfortable, have my bills paid, and I'm ready for retirement. That is what it produced in churches because their intercessory prayer does not come out of that kind of attitude. Intercessory prayer is birthed out of someone who has, who has seen how bad things, recognizes the consequences of where we're heading and how lost people are and how desperately they need God. And it's that, that heart, the awakened heart, that um, can go before God and cry out for the sake of the lost. And that gets, a, gets an audience in the Holy of Holies. Um, unlike the, um, the, uh, just the sad kind of rote prayers that, that can be um, too frequent. We lose our awareness of our true condition. We can't do that. And one reason um, the gospel really in many, for many, uh, in many cases in many years has been uh, that we, the problem is that the gospel has been, uh, as one guy called it, caric- caricatured, not characterized. And I've, I, a couple of years ago, I shared this. Um, but uh, you know, a, a, when you a caricature, you go to a, a fair, right? And um, you have the picture drawn. You know, and it, it really uh, the definition of that of a caricature is a picture. Description, etc., that it ludicrously exaggerating the peculiarities or defects of persons or things. Any imitation or copy so distorted or inferior as to be ludicrous. And it's meant to be. It's funny, right? Like these, you know. So you know who these guys are, right? Right? So this is, you know, you know, these guys, King Fauci over here. And, yeah. I, 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 I just picked them because they're just great, great examples. This is a caricature, all right? That just, that's not what they look like, but it's kind of what they look like. They've ex- exaggerated, you know. I guess Harrison Ford's got a big nose. Well, he thought he'd make it a big nose. Sylvester Stallone certainly has a big chin, right? And, and um, um, Zuckerman and, 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 and Fauci's ears, you know, so whatever, you know. It's all in good, good humor, right? Let's, let's not lose our sense of humor. Somebody say amen about that, right? But the peculiarities about the gospel, we can begin to caricature them as well. So like this. Here's some examples of, of caricatures of the Bible, where, where we take only portions of it, and then we explode it and make, make it the gospel, at least in many people's idea. The eternal life insurance, just keep me out of hell. Right? But, but you, your life never really changes, right? Just, I got my, my, uh, um, my eternal life insurance card, you know. And God becomes like your insurance, your, life, your eternal life insurance agent. When you got a problem, you call him. When you got a claim, right? Other than that, you never talk to him, right? 
or a fire extinguisher, you know, in case of emergency, you know, break the glass. And so God's there when you have an emergency. When everything's fine, you know, he's behind the glass, you know, or, or he stays in the church and then and that. And there's the, or the write your ticket with God group, the health and wealth group. You know, God uh, is a, godliness as a means to financial gain, um, which is not uh, and so forth like that. Um, there's a social justice thing, you know, on relieve human suffering and, and those kind of things. Ethical creed, the idea that, that I, you just live by these, these code of ethics and then you're a Christian and that's enough. Or all you need is love. All you need is love. Just love everybody. Don't, don't say anything, but just love everybody. And you know what? The gospel, as we would say, these are all parts of it, aren't they? There's nothing ungospel about any of that stuff. But that's not the whole thing. In fact, quite frankly, if that's, um, uh, that's, we have too small of a gospel, if, if, that's, if that's it. Um, uh, we need a much larger gospel. In fact, uh, J.D. Walt, um, he said uh, in this, from this group, uh, these Methodists who pray for revival, wonderful people, love them. He says, when these caricatures are the gospel you believe in, your gospel is too small. And the reason is because you're missing somebody pretty important, right? There's nothing personal about it. There's no relationship. The, 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 the thing is, it, where's God in, in, in all those caricatures? He's little more than your servants, making sure you get this or that. But there's something more there than just that. And, and, and Paris, uh, Paris Reed had one of my favorite preachers from, from the from time ago, a Christian Missionary Alliance pastor, in the message, 10 shekels in a shirt. If you haven't found it, haven't heard it, go look online, 10 shekels in a shirt, and find that sermon uh, that he preached only one time, and it's, it'll change your life. But he said this in that, he said, uh, is God an end or is he a means? What should he be? He should be an end. If God is only a means, we're using him to get something else. But he needs to be the end. We're coming here for him. You surrender your life to, to, in service to him. You become his child. Yeah, you get your sins forgiven because you've confessed it and now you've become a child. But, but it's him. It's about relationship, right? He, he went on, he says, does, does the Lord intend to make you a man happy? Sure, but as a byproduct, not as a prime product. He preaches about utilitarian Christianity, and, uh, and these, that's just a powerful message. So what is the gospel? Just quickly, what is it really? Talk about the gospel. Um, uh, Romans, there's many scriptures, but Romans uh, 5.8, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us, amen? While we're still sinning, Christ came. He became a human being, experienced what we experienced without ever sinning. Therefore, he was guiltless and innocent in this world, amen? And having then uh, lived as a man, in every way, he could then stand and take our place in the place of judgment, and God could visit upon him the judgment we deserved. And he did. And began that night around the table we call the Last Supper. And increased in the garden as he prayed as a weight. 
and the guilt's, guilty sentence and the verdict of, of, of death was, was pronounced upon him and laid on upon his shoulders. And he carried it on his shoulders all the way to the cross. And when he died, that wrath died with it. Amen? The judgment died with it because now the law had been satisfied. What had been broken had been satisfied by justice. Um, and, uh, and for all who now come to him and, and admit, yes, I, I have sinned. God, forgive me. I want uh, for, to be your child. Forgive me. And, and so forth. But the, po- the point is, as I stumble through my words here, uh, John three seventeen says, For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Amen? Amen. So that, that all of us who confess and repent before him turn our life around. The word repent means to change your mind, like not a little bit. It's to turn around. In, 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 you've been thinking this way. It's stop, and I'm turning this way. It's, it's to change your life. You're, you're changing your mind, so you change your life. It doesn't mean you become perfect. By My goodness, how many know that? That doesn't happen. But he helps you turn your life around. And um, there's no, no, no longer any condemnation for those who are in Christ, Romans 8.1. Um, the shame and the guilt and those things God uh, buries. And if some of that stuff doesn't go away that quick and God uh, helps you and you become a child of God, you become uh, the Holy Spirit comes in you to help you to understand the Word of God and to pray and to know God. He wants to fill you with His Holy Spirit to empower you. There's so much of your life. He's given, He's offered so much for you and I to become what we cannot be in ourselves. Not just forgiven, not just have our, our guilty verdict erased. Or, um, it's so much more than just having your sins forgiven. It's becoming somebody for God's glory. Someone for His purposes. Someone you didn't think you could ever be or you even thought you would be. But as you just walk with Him, He will lead you. And He'll begin to expo- re- reveal to you the gifts and the callings He has for you uh, as, as you walk with Him. And that he gets glory out of your life. Amen. So we need the larger gospel, don't we? That full gospel that, of these things, that the three-pronged, where the church is revived, the lost are saved, and, and, and society around us is transformed. Because what you see in history, as I, I, I talked about before, that, that the fundamental truth that the gospel of Jesus Christ is the singular yet comprehensive solution to all that is broken in our lives as individuals and in our nation. That you come to Christ, He brings everything with Him. Amen? Amen. I I remember years ago, someone was, I was talking to somebody and they kept saying, well, I just, you know, they weren't saved. I just... You know, they went through a real hard times. And I just, I just want God to give me peace. Well, give him your life. The, the peace will come, right? It's the byproduct. The, the fruit of the Spirit um, that, that's listed in, uh, is it uh, Galatians 5? Yeah. Um, that um, these are the byproducts. Fruit is a byproduct of, of coming Walking with Christ. And those things that, that, that have been part of your past or your present, um, He comes along with us to, to carry us through. Amen? And that, that the call of Jesus in the gospel is to give your life for His purposes and for His glory. That's what this is about. Amen? 
Jesus didn't, Jesus didn't die on the cross and raise on the third days to become our butler, a heavenly butler, right? There's so many gospels out there, uh, uh, teachings that, that, that reduce God to doing a little, little bit more than just uh, being someone there to make sure you have a fun time um, and um, feel good about yourself. Uh, it's, there's so much more to it. I mean, that's definitely part of it. Again, go, to, go back to Paris Reedhead. He said this uh, from his famous sermon. He said, A person has truly repented when he or she comes to the place where they discover that the will of God is that he, one, governs over their life, and the reason for their life is for the glory of God. Amen? Amen? That he or she only has repented who has changed their mind about their reason for being. Well, what about my needs? Well, don't you, your father's right there. He's going to take care of you. He's going to provide for you. And that's what, that's Matthew 6, 33. Jesus, that, that passage starting in verse 25 in the Sermon on the Mount. He says, don't worry about what you're going to eat and drink and wear and all these things. The pagans run after that stuff. But seek first my kingdom and my righteousness. In other words, I seek to, that I would get glory out of your life. And guess what? I'll make sure all those other things are taken care of. Amen? Amen? Yeah. So he will make you happy. He will provide for you. He will do those things without you having to pursue it all the time. Don't pursue those things. Pursue him. Let your life be his life. That he might get glory. And you say, God, I want, like I shared with the men uh, yesterday around the campfire, that, that we would be intentional men. Living intentionally. Recognizing we are here to, to, to live for Christ in the world in which we live. Because there's people who are watching. Especially the youngers, younger ones. Yes, right. See, any, any gospel, shall we say, that doesn't include this part <laughs> is too small and will just lull us into sleep. Um, so that's why it would be wake up, O sleeper, and rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Hallelujah. I, just, I just can't say this enough because... Um, and I'm sure you do too. Just, I'm just very. I can be very anxious as I think about the things that are going on, and allowed to just keep going on. Just, all right. So I, I, I think I think maybe I've done this part. I hope wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead. I, I hope I'm, and know that Christ will shine on you. That. That he wants to shine upon his church. And it's not just like massive. He wants to shine upon you. In fact, it's not just like wants to. I, I think he needs to. In fact, I should not so much he. The people out around us who have no concern for God, they need Christ's light to shine upon us. Because they don't know it. I went into Yokes today, this morning. And um, I just noticed everybody dressed, you know, all these people in their, their summer, you know, outside, work in the yard, go to the beach, clothes. And it is, they have no, they, like, the thought, they have no concern about their soul. They have no concern about, about anything. 
And it's, I'm not blaming them. It's just a, a, awakened to a reality that, God, we need you to move. Amen? Amen? So we need to sow for a great awakening. You can't, I mean, churches will, will like plan revivals, will have revival meetings, and those are wonderful. I think those are great. Always should have them. But a real revival, you can't, you can't plan a revival, right? We've shared this at the Discovery Weekend as well. But you can and we, you, we can and we must prepare the way of the Lord. And if you look at to make our own hearts the, the, the fertile soil for God to come and do his work, is because revival is always personal before it's corporate. Let me just say a fresh encounter with God or a first encounter with God will always be personal. Nobody can do it for you. Amen? So when God moves, he, he moves on the individual. When he saves, he saves the individual. When he you know, speaks, he speaks to the individual. And then the rest of us get blessed by it. Um, and, and for us, to, to really, for any hope to see God move with a, an awakening in this region. And I mean, I care about our country, but this is where God's place is. And I, I, I can pray and have an impact and, 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 and believe God for, for the, the greater area that, that we're part of. Uh, for God to move and, and believe that he could do it in other parts as well. But that these would be the seeds we would sow into our own hearts of humility. Without humility, none of this rest can happen. That we, we humble ourselves. It's about partly, partly just saying, God, I need you. I admit to you, I'm, I've sinned, I've whatever. I also humble one to another. We, we don't look down on others. We don't think more highly of ourselves than we ought. Uh, Romans 12 uh, in Hebrews um, and that. And, and the idea of repentance, we talked about that, turning around. Authentic holiness. This gets so misunderstood. It's, it's a life set apart for God's purposes. It's not a perfect life. It's a life that says, I have, to be holy means to be set apart, right? That's, we know that. But, um, and that I'll stumble along the way, but God, I'm, my purpose is, uh, I'm, I'm set apart for your purposes. Reconciliation. There's some serious reconciliation that I believe that hinders the move of God in the church today. Some serious reconciliation needs to happen. And it could be between some, some places where, where uh, the latest, greatest places to go and others are, are gone and people are upset. There needs to be some reconciliation. Prayer and petition. Um, prayer that, that uh, penetrates heaven and petition, perseverance, all those t- together. This, this travailing in prayer, this persevering in prayer. Jesus uh, gave the... the um, um, the uh, told the story of the persistent widow in Luke 18 for one purpose to teach him to keep praying and don't give up. Keep praying and don't give up, because God cares about this, loves the lost, wants to revive His church more than we want it as well. So we are praying according to His will. Tomorrow night, like I said, for those who especially were at the Discovery Weekend, um, we're for our area. We're we're meeting together. We're gonna. Um, talk about some of these things, re- revisit some stuff, and s- spend some time praying as well um, from about 6 to 8 tomorrow. And just let's close with this. 
Again, this, this part. Arise, shine, for your light has come. And the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, the darkness covers the earth, right? Sick darkness, sick, thick, excuse me. It is sick darkness, but it's also thick darkness. Is over the peoples, but the Lord rises upon you and His glory appears over you. God, may that be the reality that we experience. I don't believe the glory of the Lord is rising over us right now. But we need Him. Amen. That they will then look... You will look and be radiant. Your heart will throb and swell with joy because God wants to bring joy to his people as he does the work that only he can do uh, and, and so forth. Um, and we would just say, God, we need that. Why don't you stand with me as we just close? Would you bow your head and Those words, whatever, whatever you, you need today, I, revival, awakening, God is a personal God. He cares about us. Whatever of those seeds, can I put those back up there? Um, those seeds of um, maybe if you even look at this is there is there an area that God will be speaking to you uh, in the area of awakening uh, you, you not even suggest that everybody needs to I'm just saying God what are you saying what, what is he saying to you I just you need to ask what is God say, saying to you what's your heart being stirred if you're, if you're really uncomfortable and you want to get out of here real quick maybe that's because God is stirring your heart and he's doing that because he loves you hallelujah so tell him just right where you're at, would just respond to him. Tell him yes. Say yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. I just want to just give you a chance, um, not to keep you long, but um, really would like to just pray pray for you for whatever whatever you're you want prayer for and so if you um uh just you don't any one of these things or something you want you know you want prayer for for god to move god for god to direct you god to help you uh, it might be private it might not be you know, you want to give your life to christ you want to be baptized in the holy spirit you you uh, want uh, to pray over your for healing uh, in your body, uh, whatever it might be. I want us uh, to just give you a, give you a chance for us to, to pray for you. The Lord showed me this picture of uh, somebody's here, and it's a picture of a lasso, and he's just taking it like a cowboy, and he's tossing it out, 
and it's around you, and he's pulling you tight, and he's just pulling you towards him, and he's saying, I got you. I got you. So if that's you, just know that God has got you. He's got you right where he wants you, and he's just pulling you towards him. You can't uh, get away from him, in a sense, because he's got you. But that lasso is just around you and just pulling you close to him. And you just, just let him. Just let him bring you close to him right now. And I want to pray for you. Lord, I just pray right now that, that the person that you are lassoing today just feels the comfort and the hope, the strength and the joy that you've got them. You've got them. You see them, you know them, and you've got them. In Jesus' name, amen. Yes. Amen. Anybody, you just, you want prayer. Just put your hand up. Let's do this. All right? Keep your hand up and just, what you, can we just come by these folks here and real quick and help me out? I'm going to close in prayer then. Yeah. Put your hand up. Casey, there's, um, uh, Greg. And uh, Lenny in the back there. Okay. Okay. Great. I need, just need someone to... Yeah, for Greg there. All right. So God, we just thank you that you're more than enough. Amen. Well, you are more than enough, God, to meet, meet our needs, to, to speak to our hearts, to heal bodies and to uh, um, uh, use us in, in, for your glory, God. And, and Father, we, we are here, we, we declare that, that we are here for your glory, God. You get glory out of our lives. And we, we, we trust you, God, that, that in, in whatever's going on in our life, Lord, we ask you, how can you get glory? I want you to get glory out of this situation. Get glory out of, out of, out of this time. That, Father, we, that you're uh, light would truly rise uh, upon the glory would, would would fall upon your church, Lord God, in this day, Lord Jesus, and that even these these concerns that 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 are here in people's lives, these are opportunities for you to to display your power and your glory. We ask in Jesus' name that you would move with power, you would you would heal, you you would you would breakthrough. You would restore relationships. I pray you break down the hard hearts in Jesus' name and, and, and give a, a heart of flesh, Lord. I pray, God, for a spirit of reconciliation to happen among your people. I pray for true humility, Lord God, and putting others above, beyond ourselves, Lord. I pray the spirit of uh, and a, a longing and for, for prayer that penetrates the Holy of Holies. And that, that, that lifts up the lost, Lord God, and the, the needs within our communities that you might come and visit us in revival and awakening, Lord Jesus. Lord, stir our hearts awake, Lord God, and be glorified, God. And we just thank you in Jesus' name. And God, I pray for the families, especially in this area, and the children, Lord God. I just can't help but stop, not stop, but... Uh, 
without thinking about the children, Lord God, that, that you would guard and protect them against the work of the enemy through the various means that are out there that we've talked about to want to go after their soul. We pray for a, a mighty awakening and moving upon them, Lord, in Jesus' name. And uh, to rescue and ransom them, them out of the devil's grip uh, in all these different uh, uh, issues in our society, Lord, uh, that uh, are seeking to lead them astray. Father, you would save them and pull them out and, um, and cancel the work of darkness and may the light shine so bright there's no darkness. No, there can't be shadows because the darkness even penetrates around, the light even penetrates around the corner for your glory and for your praise. And we thank you. I got to pray your blessing as we go from here. And um, may you be glorified in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful afternoon.